0: It's um, uh, a very wonderful time for us to be able to come together, I think. I was so glad that we had this meeting today. Um, Whenever we have a tragedy like the one that happened in Connecticut, I think that the grief that we feel is... uh, uh, Part of it is just the breathtaking empathy for uh, people who have lost their loved ones. I think that uh, uh, we also have a deep, deep grief for our species. At least that's how I experience it. It's uh, a real failure, that we've experienced a real failure when uh, uh, anger, hatred, greed, and delusion uh, are taking over. So, uh, at a time like that, to me, it's very, um, uh, it restores my confidence to come together with people who have a deep aspiration to transform those things, the conditions, the causes and conditions. The Buddha taught when causes and conditions are sufficient, things manifest. When causes and conditions are no longer sufficient, things cease to manifest. So, whenever something manifests, what we're called upon in Buddhism to do is to look at causes and conditions. So, uh, it was very interesting. I planned, I had a plan. My grandmother always taught me that uh, man plans, God laughs. So, um, the plan was that I was going to share some of the teachings from the winter retreat. I think that I, I mentioned to you that uh, they're available from Deer Park Monastery, and the teaching that uh, uh, I had been working with was the one on the Nutriments, um, the four Nutriments, that uh, uh, how do we feed ourselves, how do we nourish ourselves, and uh, to look deeply at edible food, sense impressions, um, volition, and consciousness. Those are the four ways in which we take in nourishment. And that's what nourishes us, energizes us. Um, That was going to be the uh, focus. And I will still definitely hit upon that. But um, after hearing what had happened yesterday, I thought, um, hmm, I think it's uh, real important to also look at the poisons. the, uh, The three poisons the Buddha taught us about um, were aversion, which can also be hatred and anger, uh, uh, desire, which can also be greed, and uh, delusion, the three things that cause enormous suffering. And if we look deeply, the other thing that the Buddha taught were the Four Noble Truths. Okay, Suffering exists, causes of suffering, there's a cessation of suffering and the way out is the Eightfold Path. Okay? Why would I be bringing up all these teachings of the Buddha at a time like this? Because what we were invited to do, he said suffering exists, that's a fact of life. Whenever we're experiencing suffering, we're invited to look deeply and Thich Nhat Hanh stresses this over and over again, that we should not ever get caught in the surface of things and that's what we do when we're confronted with any kind of suffering, we like to make up a story right away so that we can make sense of it and so we can get on with things. We can forget about it. That's the habit energy. And if you watch the news on TV, you'll see that that's true. Okay? Things will be top news for three or four days and then we never hear about it again. It's gone. That's not what the Buddha said. The Buddha said, suffering exists. The second noble truth is there are causes to the suffering. And what Thich Nhat Hanh says is look deeply in order to understand. Because until we've gotten to the root of the suffering, there is no way out. We're going to keep repeating the suffering over and over and over again. So it was interesting to me that after hearing the horrific news about these children being killed um, and about the young man who killed them, um, that what I was hearing on the news were all these people talking about uh, uh, their views about why this happened the reason that this happened is because we need gun laws there aren't enough gun laws and then there are people who are proponents of owning guns and I mean that was amazing I mean, remember these three poisons, remember delusion being one of the three not getting caught in the surface of things, being one of the uh, noble truths, part of the study of the noble truths. The proponent for guns said that he knew for a fact that all these other massacres that have happened have happened in places where guns were banned, and that's the reason that they happened. How do you like that? If guns were not banned in movie theaters... (laughs)
1: I'm not making this up
0: this is the truth okay so if only we were allowed to all have guns everywhere that would be the solution to the problem case closed then I heard all these people talking about mental illness this young man suffered from a mental illness and therefore mental illness is the cause and um That's a very dangerous slope to be walking down, because number one, a tiny, tiny, tiny percentage of people who suffer from mental illness do anything violent. But that gives us the impression that we need to be very afraid of people who are mentally ill. Not only that, but not a huge percentage of people are mentally ill, and therefore the rest of us can simply say, oh, then that explains that. And we can get on with things. We keep trying to find a way to give ourselves a pass so we don't have to look deeply at the root causes of the problem. But if we look really deeply, at least when I look deeply, at the causes of the problem, what I can see is uh, exactly what the Buddha taught. We have been powerfully conditioned, and in our culture we're powerfully conditioned, to be numbed out. And we're powerfully conditioned to be disconnected from our interbeing, our our nature of being connected with everybody and everything. I was so moved when I heard President Obama say, the children are our children. That's the truth. When anybody suffers, we're all suffering. When there's injustice for anybody, there's injustice for everybody when we can really deeply experience that, the whole way we approach everything changes. You know, when we talk about in Buddhism, we talk in Buddhist psychology, we talk about the fact that our consciousness is conditioned. It's conditioned from even before birth in all different ways. And every moment since birth, it's been conditioned. So when we try to assign a cause and effect, Oh, it's because guns are, are not allowed in theaters. That's the story. But we try to, try to make up something that will make sense of something for us. Something that is totally beyond our comprehension. We try to hurry up and uh, get on with it, get over it. And make it so that it doesn't apply to us. So what the Buddha was teaching, and what Thay has been teaching his whole life, is we you are me, I am you. And the sooner that I can recognize that and take responsibility. Mm. How oh, lovely! I'll take three breaths. <clears throat> but the sooner that we can. Be operating from that awareness, the way we deal with everybody changes. The way that I deal with myself changes. When I care about my own consciousness, then I'm trying to be careful. I'm trying to take good care of myself. What am I exposing myself to? Uh, Not very long ago, uh, a friend told us that there is this wonderful movie, The Life of Pi. It was so beautiful. The photography was gorgeous. And so I went to see this movie. And I could feel my stress hormones be <laughs> aroused the entire movie. There is a man in a lifeboat with a tiger. That's anxiety producing. You know? <laughs> so I'm sitting there watching the effect it's having on me. And I'm thinking, wow, this is really amazing. And for people to go to this movie and just, oh, that's a beautiful movie. Just, the photography's great. Um, <clears throat> I went home that night and dreamt about, oh, in the movie, for those of you that don't know or haven't read the book, uh, there's a big shipwreck, and uh, they're a very graphic depiction of this ship going down, and uh, all these other pictures of being trapped in small spaces with huge things of water coming at you. So that night, I dreamt about drowning. <laughs> what a surprise. Okay, garbage in, garbage out. That's what they used to say about computers, I remember, when... Uh, They first came out. But this is where, and and, you know, I'm not, again, in Buddhism, we don't talk about, you should not go see this movie. It's knowing ourselves well enough to understand our own consciousness. (laughs) 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 We'll take three breaths. (laughs) Mm. It's a good thing. But the whole point is for us to be mindful and paying attention. What is it that affects me? What is it that's good for me? What nourishes me? We talk about taking in edible foods. We all hear all the time about the things that are good for us, the things that are not good for us. Um, uh, you know, I talked to somebody not too long ago who said they were being very mindful about eating, but uh, what they were doing was focusing on uh, Oh, I'm having an egg, and the egg came from a chicken that was tortured in a small pen, and they were eating all these chemicals, and now taking in chemicals, and da 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 (laughs) And it's very good to be mindful. It's very good to be aware of uh, the treatment of animals. The purpose of being mindful would be to make choices. That then I would say, okay, maybe I need to to be a vegan, or maybe if I'm going to eat eggs, I need to have free-range chickens that are not fed chemicals. Uh, but the problem being that if that's all I think about while I'm eating my breakfast, I am feeding myself poison, that I'm taking in only negativity, that that's my, that my diet, is sadness, guilt, whatever thats that I'm feeding myself. So I need to be mindful enough to say, hmm, next time I buy eggs, I need to think again. And then I need to go on with the awareness of what an incredible miracle it is to be able to take in the energy of the sun and the earth and the rain and that my body is designed in a way to transform all that so that I'm able, here to, I'm able to be here talking to you. That it's the energy of the sun that's heating my body. It's incredible. So I can choose to focus for my whole meal on what's horrible, terrible, awful, And I can be feeding myself in that way. Or I can choose to focus on what is absolutely amazing. (coughs) And live in awe. And have my meal be a, uh, a sacred occurrence in my day. Okay? And it's not, again, this is really important. We don't say, oh, play for pretend that everything's fine. And just think happy thoughts. It's yes and. That's what equanimity is to be able to be aware, then what can I do about it? Can I take some action? Right? There's a saying I used to keep on my desk that said, if you want to increase your fear, procrastinate. If you'd like to lessen your fear, act. So to me, it's like when, when I get a heads up, what can I do? What action can I do? And this is the other thing. At a time like this, we have a golden opportunity when we have a nation that's suffering because of something horrific that's happened, we have an opportunity to look together, to look deeply. And like I said, it was encouraging in some ways that people, uh, it gives people an opening for the conversation to even happen. Everybody's sharing ideas about what they think the problem is. And at a time like that, there's an opening for some people to perhaps shift for some people to wake up a little bit to uh, take responsibility and that's really what it's about when we can take responsibility for our own happiness and I talk about this all the time I know you're probably all tired of even hearing about it but it's absolutely the bottom line in our practice to develop enough love and compassion for ourselves none of us had perfect childhoods I can guarantee it there will be something that we would have to complain about. Um, uh, it just, it always cracks me up when I, when I go online and I'll see an article, somebody will send me an article about something. And uh, at first when I was, was new to being online, I would uh, say, uh, look at the comments underneath the article. People would automatically write in comments. And very, very quickly I realized all the comments were terrible. All, these com- all the comments would be like totally uh, negative, critical, judging, whatever. I thought, wow, a bunch of angry people waiting to write comments out there. <laughs> and so I just n- never read comments anymore. When somebody sends me an article, I don't go there. But um, one day somebody sent me an article about, uh, it was a, a uh, announcement. Ben and Jerry's is giving away free ice cream cones. One day a year, I guess they give away free ice cream cones. <clears throat> I thought I'm going to read the comments.
1: There can't possibly be a bad comment.
0: It's got to be all positive. There's no way. What do you have bad to say about giving away free ice cream? What could it, What could be the problem? And sure enough, I read the comments. Oh right, free ice cream cones. Can you imagine the length of the line? I couldn't believe it. I thought, what could they find? Yep, you could find something. Okay. So we've all been conditioned. We've all been conditioned. Our job is to understand what has that conditioning been. When I can understand that I've been conditioned in a certain way, it's not so I can feel like, oh, well, then my life is ruined, so I have to spend the rest of my life being a victim of my conditioning. It's that when I can be aware of what my conditioning's been, I can do the necessary reparenting. I can go back and give myself what I needed. I can give myself the love and compassion that I did not get. And when I do that, then I'm able to have nothing but understanding and compassion and love for myself. And when I can do that, when other people screw up, I can understand. So at times like this, when I say the grief in me is a deep sadness for our species, that's what I'm talking about. When I hear the guy say, "Oh, the reason that uh, these people go in and shoot people is because the guns are banned in these places," I mean, to me, that's totally delusional. Number one, but number two, imagine the suffering in that person. Imagine the fear that contributes to that belief. All I need to do is have enough guns, and then we'll all be safe. It's like rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. We're not getting to the root of the problem. And so when we can develop our compassion and understanding for ourselves, then we're able to get over ourselves so that we then really want to help. That's all that happens. I know some of you well enough to know. And again, I cannot tell you how moving it is to be with you. I remember when, this was just the beginning, and I remember people who had no practice whatsoever all coming together to practice. And in just being gently diligent over time. I have seen so much transformation and healing in the Sangha that it just astonishes me. It's so beautiful. And the reason that we do this, number one, is we're happier. (laughs) It makes our life so much more pleasant. But also, it's then we're free to help then we can see so much more clearly. I I know, I've talked to some of you about it, I know you've had this experience, that then you can see so much more clearly the problems and you can see so much more clearly ways out of difficulties. And then we're in a very powerful position to be able to help. So I look at, um, I mean, and it's called bodhicitta, the mind of love. That's what we nourish. That's what gets nourished in us when we're talking about taking in nourishment, when we take in wholesome foods, when we take in wholesome impressions, when we expose ourselves to beautiful music and wonderful people and wonderful literature and beautiful artwork and um, <coughs> the sun, the moon, the sky. We're nourishing all those wholesome seeds in ourselves. Yeah. The other night we had a uh, meteor shower And uh, it was so lovely. We had—I was on a conference call. We had a conference call for people who are studying those uh, uh, Deer Park uh, teachings. And I got off the call at like 8:30, and I heard this rustling around out in our yard. And I thought, wow, it sounded like hard plastic, like a you know plastic drop cloths that you use for painting, and it has that crinkly sound to it. It sounded like. There was a ball of that in the yard getting wrestled around. And I thought, this is really strange. So I um, uh, opened up the window. And I, I, I said, I opened up, first I called Richard to see if he was in the house. Because I never know where Richard is. And I said, Richard, no no answer. I opened up the window, I said, Richard, nothing. I just hear this crunchling around. I thought, Geez. So I thought, it sounds like an animal got stuck in a plastic bag out there. And I went to the front door, I go out on the porch, of course I'm going to confront the bear that's in a yeah. plastic bag in my yard. <laughs> I wasn't always the brightest bulb on the surface, still I'm not. But anyway, I'm on the front porch and I hear this crunching around and I say, Richard, Richard. Yeah, I hear from a distance, it's Richard. And I say, what are you doing? Oh, nothing. <laughs> 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 okay. And I said, oh, it's cold out. Come on in. So go inside. It's like 20 degrees outside. And so I go inside. I go inside. And a little bit, he comes in. And he said, uh, uh, get your coat on. You've got to come out in the front yard. So I got my coat on, went out in the front yard. And he had put down this plastic drop cloth in the middle of our front yard, had the air mattress, the queen- <laughs> queen-size air mattress, inflated <laughs> with with a heated mattress pad, oh with an extension cord running from the house to the middle of the front yard, with two down sleeping bags and our pillows. And we jump in, right there watching the meteor showers. It's 20 degrees in our front yard. Okay. So, what does that do? It waters all of my seeds of joy, right? This is how we nourish each other. This is what we're here for. How do I nourish myself? When I've nourished myself, all I want to do is make everybody else happy. All I want to do is to delight other people, right? This is what we're here for. So once we're doing this, once we're living in a way like that, once we can be with our own, and this is not about avoiding suffering. This is what happens when you go through your suffering. This is what happens when you develop a relationship with your suffering to say, yep, suffering exists, and yes, there is joy in it. Right in the middle of it, we can be watching meteor showers. There's nothing to stop us. When we can be living like that, then we have all of this uh, uh, energy and um, bodhicitta, this energy of love that we want to do something. When they did uh, uh, functional MRIs on monks who were uh, meditating on compassion, they found all the centers of the brain that light up when you're ready to take action, (coughs) lit up. Compassion is a verb. It makes us want to help. So what then happens in situations like we find ourselves now, is we have these enormous tragedies, and we get to see ourselves. It's a mirror for us, and we don't like what we see. This is like uh, a mirror for one aspect of ourselves, I should say. That, uh, what have we done? How did we get here? When I went to see the movie The Life of Pi, what did I see? I saw about 15 minutes worth of uh, previews of coming attractions. It sounded like, there were like probably eight different films that they were previewing. They, it sounded like they all used the same soundtrack. The soundtrack for everyone it sounded, really, I'm not making it up. It sounded like they were the same. And it was all explosions and guns and, and it was images. Boom, 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 boom. It was like an assault on your consciousness. Mm-hmm. In just the 15 minutes before the movie started, I felt I was already shutting down. I felt like I was getting numbed out to those images. That I was able to see anything and it wasn't going to, I'd already dissociated from what was happening. And all I could think of was, what happens to children when they're playing games for eight hours a day and killing fake people, but having it look real real? How does that disconnect us? How does that help us get numbed out to the reality of the pain and suffering involved in that? This is what we've created. These are the choices that we've made. And the reason I'm offering that this morning is if we can use what the Buddha taught, if you can use those four noble truths, if you can use those three poisons, if you can use the idea of watching what we're taking in, the nutriments, how am I nourishing myself, if we can take really good care of ourselves, if we can look deeply to understand the roots of the suffering in our culture, Then we get to causes, and then we get to the way out. What is right action? And for every person sitting here, it'll be something else. It's not a matter that we all, I mean, it's lovely when we get together and do something as a group. I know the Sanghas in New York got together and went out to um, uh, Rockaway and um, uh, Breezy Point, I think it was. And that's lovely, when we can get together and help as a group but I think what happens more often than not is when we have these things come up, we feel totally powerless. We can sit around and say, yep, I understand, I understand, I understand. The problem is, the problem is, the problem is. We define the problem ad nauseum. And like I said very frequently, we never get to the root of it anyway. But once we have seen what the root of the problem is, then it's up to us to go to that next step. There is a cessation of suffering. What is the way out? Which of those eight noble paths do I need to use in order to help? It may be that uh, uh, people will be motivated to write to their senators and congressmen to enact legislation for certain things. And that could be a help. Uh, It could be that uh, people need to uh, work with, with children work with parents uh, to help parents. uh, uh, Their difficulty happens because of those three poisons, the uh, hatred, anger, and violence, the greed, the delusion. Because of those things, we have evolved as a culture where people are so afraid and uh, so busy, so worried, so uh, busy trying to get by that they feel exhausted and don't have the energy to do much we feel, and when, I can tell you for sure uh, recovering from the um, uh, uh, peritonitis that I had my energy has been much lower than normal and I can see in myself that um, when I'm confronted with a challenge there's this moment of gee I don't know if I have the energy I don't know if I have what it takes to do this so I know that in our culture where we have so many people that are so exhausted and so stressed out that there are very many people that feel they're not up to the challenge. There's nothing I can do. How can you expect me to do anything on top of what I'm doing? And so to me it's um, uh, even in very small ways, how can we help? Like I said, if I have a neighbor who is a single mom with three kids And that person doesn't have time for her kids and the kids are demanding time. Uh, Is it possible for me to help? Is it possible for me to love those kids? To help that mom in some way? That's a huge help. You know, they talk about writing it off as mental illness. What are the causes and conditions that lead to mental illness? Some mental illnesses they know can be, there's a genetic component. But it's been, in my own experience, dealing I did counseling with mentally ill people for quite a long time, and in my experience what I could see was there might be a predisposition, there may be chemical imbalances, but there's also causes and conditions that can um, uh, sort of be the straw that breaks the camel's back and puts people over the edge. So um, what small ways, what large ways can we help? It's time for everybody to wake up. That's what the Buddha said 2,600 years ago. <laughs> he was right. <laughs> so uh, I, am, I couldn't be happier than to be able to be with you today and to be in a group of people. Like I said, the, the meditation this morning was lovely. Just being still with all of you. And knowing what sweet, sweet souls are on the planet. It's wonderful to be reminded uh, when we're going through difficult times. And um, I know that we support each other in the Sangha. And uh, like I said, I've seen such amazing transformation and healing in this group of people. And uh, I know how much you already do. Uh, Many of you, anyway, I'm aware. of how much you do to help already. Um, And I just wanted to uh, say that the reason that we've done all this practice, the reason that we've done all the transformation is so we can become uh, a much stronger force for helping. Our species is in deep, deep trouble. And I think that uh, there are people who uh, don't see the deep, deep roots of the, the difficulty, who are um, in positions of power, who have very strong lobbies, who uh, uh, don't want to see things be any different than they are. They have big investments in violence. And so I think that uh, again, we can't tell each other what to do or how you're going to be moved to take action, but uh, I think now is the time. If ever there was a good time, while, uh, uh, while that uh, opening exists, even if, like I said, even if it's a letter, an email, a phone call, uh, well-placed, can be a huge help. <coughs> so, um, I deeply appreciate all of you. I deeply appreciate your practice. And uh, it is just uh, a total joy to have companions on the path. So thank you, thank you, thank you.